Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. So this is the last Sunday in the month of the Believer's Authority, all right? In the month of the Believer's Authority, um, I want to start by reading a text. You can already guess where I'm starting from if you're a member of this church. Philippians 1.25. Philippians 1.25. Philippians 1.25. It says, It says, I'm being confident of this. I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. You see, the bane of the educational system in this country, both secular and spiritual, is this. There is so much schooling and so little education. So much schooling and so little education. And so if you see someone who has been in church 10 years, you can't tell the person apart from someone who has been in church 2 years. So much schooling so little education so much schooling so little education you see when you come to the point where our gathering our fellowship is not with fordrance as the motive then we've become religious if we come to a point where our gathering our fellowship is not with progress in the faith as the motive you see Paul is telling his congregation, I will continue with you for your furtherance and your joy of faith. That must remain the motive. We don't gather for the sake of it. We don't fellowship for the sake of it. You must anticipate furtherance in the faith. To be able to say, this is where I was in my understanding when I joined this church. And this is where I am now one year after. Two years, you know, two years prior, this is where I was. And this is where I am now. Fatherance in the faith must remain your perspective. So important. You see, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So doctrine is not for the sake of it. It is profitable. It is serviceable. This is, the, listen, the word of God has a function. There is, there is what it is meant to do in your life. Fatherance. Joy. Paul says to Timothy, there must be correction. There must be instruction in righteousness. It must affect your life. And if it does not affect your life, it is either of two things. It's either you become religious or you're backsliding. One of the two. This is what Paul refers to as being ever learning and never able to come to the point of truth. That should never be your testimony. So learning must be for progress. Go for progress. 
You see, the same thing applies to believers' authority. You see, I told you the last time I preached, with, uh, preached here that in the body of Christ, we just tend to specialize. <laughs> so there are some people who make prayer their message and some other people who make grace their message and some other people who make, you know, discipleship their message. And that's not what we're meant to do. God would have us grounded in the word of truth, in every aspect, every provision in redemption. And so when it comes to believers' authority, don't be so grounded in theology and poor in power. No, that's not God's plan for you. There is a school in the spirit, a school of authority. And I'm about to show you that, you see. But, but first and foremost, I, I want it to be something you're interested in. Many people struggle with mental models. They're just some things you don't think are for you. Some people probably think that um, it is people who are not really exposed that demonstrate authority in Christ, you know, and cast out devils and all of that. The interesting thing is the devil will not consider your exposure when he's coming for you. And listen to me and listen real good. With due respect to your educational background and your exposure, you might have toured around the world. The devil is coming for you. If he's not coming for you, be afraid. It means you're on the same team. But if you are in Christ, be rest assured he's coming for you. And so you need this message. It's a provision in Christ. You see, when a child is learning to walk, the parents may do everything they know how to do. They may stand meters away and dangle toys at them, call their name. But when it all comes down to it, the child must overcome fear and take few steps. The child has to overcome fear. Because many times, the child has come to a point, you know, where he has, this, he has developed the brain coordination for locomotion. I mean, his legs are strong enough to carry his body. But can I tell you something? There is usually another factor, fear. If a child does not overcome the fear of falling, even if he can walk, he will not walk. You see that? And the same thing applies to authority in Christ. It doesn't matter how many times you are told, you know, I maybe as your pastor, you know, like a parent to do to a child, might stand at the other side and say, this is who you are in Christ. Take that step. You know, be bold. Walk in your authority in Christ. But until you make up your mind to do so, you will not. And the way the spirit realm is, you know, designed, you will not see anything manifest that you don't emphasize. You might know it in your head, but if you don't emphasize it, you will not walk in it. So this is so important. Wherever you are, I want you to say, believer's authority is for me. I'm, I'm a believer in Christ. I have authority. You, 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 listen, you, it, has to be, it has to be your declaration. It has to be your mentality. It's for you. It's not the esoteric reserve of some clerics. It's not for men of God. You have authority. You have to embrace it and walk in it. You know, we used to tell, 
jokes in primary school. I had this joke f- the first time. I remember where exactly I was when I heard this joke the first time. I think I was in primary two. And someone told a joke about some men of God who were on a boat. And, you know, joining across an ocean. And since they were all Christians, they said, oh, let's sing worship songs. And they were singing, uh, Jesus power, super power. You might have heard the joke before. Jesus power, super power. Then, you know, the pastor did something. He moved to, mommy, water power. You know. Just in case you are, you know, you're overseas and you don't know what mommy water is. <laughs> First of all, it doesn't really matter. But well, you see, you might have heard of mermaids before. That's what they're calling, you know, and they're spirits. They might look nice in the cartoons, but those are spirits, okay? Anyway, that's for another day. I said, mommy, water power. And everybody went, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Nobody wanted to sing. And the pastor was wondering, what is happening? And they said, ah, we're on the ocean, you know, and you want us to sing that? Because can I tell you something? A lot of Christians still have mental models where even if they are taught in the word of God, this is who you are, this is the authority you have, they still struggle. They still struggle. But can I tell you something? You've got superpower in Jesus Christ. And that superpower is going to be manifest in this service. You know, in this service, I'm not just going to just, I know some of you are just expecting, I will start praying for everybody. But as a trainer, I want to teach you to use your authority. And that's why in this service, I'm going to do a lot of teaching. I'm going to do a lot of teaching. You have to see it in the word of God. Jesus trained his disciples on authority. You see, in his earthly ministry, he gathered people from all walks of life. Made disciples of them. And the Bible says, you know, that they watched Jesus heal the sick. They watched Jesus raise the dead. They watched Jesus, you know, preach the gospel of the kingdom. I imagine what it might have been. Following Jesus and seeing him do all those things. And you're like, wow. Maybe you're even imagining, oh, how I wish one day I could do all these things. And then the Bible tells us one day that Jesus called them together. And he gave them power. I want you to read that. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. The Bible says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. This is powerful. So there is a school of authority. It is transferable. You can learn it. You can develop it as a spiritual competence. They had watched him do it and one day he gave them power to do same. He called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Guess what? They went and it worked. They cast out devils just like Jesus. They healed the sick just like Jesus. Oh, this is so important. I want you to read chapter 10, the next chapter after they were back. Luke chapter 10 from verse 17 to 19. Luke chapter 10 from verse 17 to 19. The Bible says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils were subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
verse 19 behold i give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you now there are three important things i want to point out from this and, and i want you to pay attention in verse 17 they came back and they said oh the bible says 70 of them returned and said even the demons are subject to us in, in your name they were excited about it listen it is very instructive that even before redemption, the disciples walked in authority. It is, it's instructive. Can I tell you something? Virtually all charismatic pastors are at the verge of a burnout. Because every day they must receive one phone call of someone in dire need, you know, who needs to be prayed for. We will not be effective until everyone learns to walk in authority. You have to learn to walk in authority. I'm telling you now, if you have been a member of this church two years, don't call me to say your neighbor needs prayer. What have you been learning? If, if you call me, I will want to know what have you done about it. Before you called me, did you call some saints, you know, maybe in your self-fellowship to say, let's pray about this? Because can I tell you something? If you don't use authority, you won't grow in it. Use it. Before you think of pastor, use it. And so even before Jesus died and rose again, his disciples walked in power. It was nothing compared to what we have now, but they did. They did. What's your excuse? You have to st start using your authority. As a parent, learn to pray for your children. Alright? Learn to pray over yourself. Stop waiting for your mom to pray for you. As a grown man, she used to pray for you as a child. Now you have children. You are still waiting for your mom to pray for you. Use your authority. L listen, so these guys, they went out and they used the name of Jesus and it worked. Think about that. They came back ex excited. <laughs> and they said, they were surprised. They told Jesus, the demons are subject to us in your name. Number two point is very important. The disciples came back with an experience. Oh, you said it. We tried it. It worked. The demons are subject to us in your name. You know what Jesus responded? In verse 18, he said unto them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. They came back with, with an experience. Oh, this is what we experienced. Jesus had a revelation. Can I tell you something? In our kingdom, revelation will always rank higher than experience. They came back surprised. Oh, what you said is true. You said we can use your name to cast out devils. It worked. They came back excited. But Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning. Can I tell you something? Even if they tried it, they used the name of Jesus. They didn't see what Jesus saw. They just went and they tried. But there is a reason why what they did worked. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall. Have you seen Satan fall? In that city to which you have been sent, have you seen Satan fall? Have you seen the authority that you have in his name to see? Before you do, you must see. You must walk in that authority. You must embrace what he has said in his word first. Some of you, that's the problem you have. You see, you, you, you're, you're too experiential. Too experiential. And so, even when 
you, you find yourself in an opportunity where you can use authority. You know, you're thinking about the movies. Mental models, you think it's going to be a battle. Can I tell you something? It's been very long. I broke a sweat casting out devils. Very long. Very long. And if you know enough, you know that I cast out devils regularly. I did it yesterday night. And it's been very long. Hallelujah. Embrace what the word of God says you are. Embrace it first before it becomes an experience. But I told you the first time <laughs> I was going to do it, all I had was the word. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Can I tell you something? If that's all you have, all you have is enough. And so I remember the people that I called with me to join me, you know, how unsure they were. All I knew was the word of God says, I will cast out devils. I'm a believer. And so I can do it. So there is a step of faith aspect to authority. You, ha you have to believe what the word of God says. They came back to say, oh, it worked. They were so excited and surprised. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall. They knew by experience, the disciples, they knew by experience. Jesus saw by revelation. You become more effective in the school of authority when you see. Hallelujah. I'm asking you this morning, what do you see? What do you see? All this while, you've been bothered about all the people you think have occultic powers and are tormenting your family. What do you see? Maybe your problem is you've been seeing the wrong things. You've been seeing the devil so powerful, tormenting your family. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Hallelujah. Maybe you are still seeing the influence of the enemy against your family. But see Satan fall this morning. See that he's defeated. See him as the defeated foe that he is. See all demons on the ground. None of them is reigning anymore. They're all on the ground. So important. I see Satan is falling. I like that song. When I look to my right, I see Satan is falling. When I look to my left, I see Satan is falling. When I look to my front, I see Satan is falling. When I look to my back, I see Satan. <laughs> Glory to God. What do you see this morning? I mean, if this is all I dwell on, it's enough. What do you see? Jesus said, I saw Satan fall. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so he says this. I know you know Luke 10, 19, but the context will make the difference. In Luke 10, 19, he said, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Why am I bringing this up again? Because you have to understand the people he was talking to had just cast out devils. The people he was talking to had just cast out devils. So why was he telling them, behold, I give you? You know why? Because they were surprised. Why are you surprised? You've had it all the while. So he had to re-educate them and say, you're surprised? Behold, behold means see. See, I have given you authority. Why are you surprised? You came back saying, oh, oh the demons are subject to us in your name. Behold. 
You are still experiential about this. Don't you realize I've given you authority. See it. Embrace it. Celebrate it. You have authority. So the people he was talking to had just cast out devils. They were not beginners. They had just gone out and come back successful. And he still tells them, behold, 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 behold. Can I tell you something? Because you will do so little if your, your ministry is experiential. It has to be revelation based first. See that I've given you authority. See it. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you know what all power means? All ability of the enemy. You will never encounter a demon in your life that is stronger than the grace that you have in Christ. It's a mentality to embrace. I will never stand before a demon to cast it out and it will be hard. Never. Never. Because he has given me... <laughs> power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all ability of the enemy. There is no capacity that the enemy has to discomfit me, to defeat me. <laughs> Glory! This is so important. It's a mentality to have. And so, just in case you don't know already, the theme of the service is lavish victory. Trample on the enemy. I like, I like the message translation of Luke 10, 19. I, 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 it's not one of my favorite translations, but I like this one. Luke 10, 19, message translation. It says, see what I've given you? KJV says, behold, I have given you. You know, but message says, see what I've given you? Don't you see it? Don't you see what I've given you? Don't you know what you have? Can't you see what I've given you? And it says, safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions. Safe passage. Safe passage. Meaning, if you had to go on a journey and you saw snakes and scorpions represented as a metaphor for the power of the enemy, serpents and scorpions and over all the power. So he's using serpents and scorpions as a metaphor for the enemy. If you had to go on a journey and you saw Satan in your path he said you have safe passage you can walk through without being hurt walk through walk through if you saw a vision of your future you know some prophets will come to you and say ah you have enemies they are coming for you you know what you should say i have safe passage safe passage they're coming against me it makes no difference i have safe passage Safe passage. You might even see them. Maybe you dreamt and you saw them. Makes no difference. Safe passage. Safe passage. Safe passage to walk without injury. You know, the same way. Has it ever happened to you? You were inside and you heard maybe a lady scream. I'm not saying ladies. It's usually ladies though. I say that respectfully. You heard ladies scream and you run out. And you say, what's the matter? Maybe you even carried a weapon. You thought they were being attacked. And you discovered there was a cockroach. You know, a cockroach was just flying and it went, ah! <laughs> you know. And I don't know if that's happened to you. Maybe you hissed and went back inside. That, ah, is this why you were shouting? Or maybe it's a small rat you were shouting. Guess what? 
That animal that you ignored is a devastating predator for a smaller animal. Cockroaches feed on smaller insects. And it's a threat to some class of insects. Why wasn't it a threat to you? Because you, you, you have power. You know that the cockroach can't harm you. Can't hurt you. Even rats, they may hurt your food, but they can't hurt you. Except you are a part of, part of among these deep sleepers gang where rats will be eating your leg and you're still asleep. You know, but they can't hurt you. And that's why you ignore it and go inside. You only respond when you think that that thing has a threat or it's a threat. Do you understand? But God says, I've given you safe passage. Safe passage. Safe passage. Meaning, all right, in your journey, in the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, all the days of your life, you have safe passage. No enemy will ever be able to attack you all the days of your life. See what I've given you? Safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions. And protection from every assault of the enemy. No one can put a hand on you. Ah, glory to God. No one can put a hand on me all the days of my life. No one can put a hand on me. I have safe passage. If you need to visit your village, safe passage. <laughs> no need to be pretending to be poor. And of course, I, I, I don't support an ostentatious lifestyle or all the same. Some people just want to make an impression. You don't need that. But you don't need to go to your village on a bicycle because of some auntie. Safe passage! Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Not by any means, not by dream, not by poison, not by a wand, not by any attack, not by any spell. Nothing. Safe passage as you walk on serpents and scorpions. Safe passage. In Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 6, the same metaphor was used. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 6. He says, and you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor afraid of their words. Through briars, although briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid. Even if you dwell amongst them, maybe they are family members. He says, do not be afraid. All right? Because the gospel remains a choice. You were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord, and maybe you have one relative that has refused to receive the light and is still doing satanic stuff. He says, even if you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid. Why should, should you be the one to be afraid? They should be the one afraid. I mean, even if you have members of the occult as colleagues in the office, he says, do not be afraid. Even if you have one as a roommate, do not be afraid. They should be the one running. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, just yesterday. Uh, anyways. No time for stories. Glory to God. This is Lipatakabaratos. You know what I'm doing? I'm stirring up a consciousness. You will never be the same again. Look at that story again. Luke 10, 19. Let's start from verse 18. The Bible says, Luke 10, 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You have to see the connection. Why did Satan fall? 
Why did Satan fall? Satan fell because he belongs under your feet. He says, he's fallen. I give you power to tread. He's fallen. So go ahead and walk on him. He's fallen. Walk on him, he says. I saw him fall. Walk on him. He belongs under your feet. His influence is gone. He's discomfited. He's on the floor. Walk on him. Exercise authority. Jesus has done his part. He has disarmed him. He's no longer, you know, in that place, uh, that high principalities and powers, you know, their position. It's all gone now. Uh, you know, Satan is fallen. Walk on him now. Take authority. You see, in wrestling, there are three ways you can win a fight. The first is by decision. Maybe after the fight, you guys go the distance and, you know, the judges begin to calculate how, who landed more punches. Then they raise your hand, the winner. The second is by submission. Where you, you know, overcome your opponent and he taps out. It's the second way you can win. But the third is by knockout. When, you know, I mean the person is unconscious. You have to picture this. If God says we should trample on the enemy, nobody who is conscious will watch you putting your leg on him. But have you seen fights, maybe wrestling, you know, where the person is totally knocked out flat and you have enough time to put your leg on him and take a picture? That's the picture you should have of the enemy. Hallelujah. He, you've given him such a devastating blow. He doesn't know where he is anymore. He says over all, the, all his capacity, all his competencies are out of the way. And now we say step on him, trample on him. Trample on him. Some people think you're going to go the distance with the devil. No, you take authority. There's a difference between fighting the enemy back and forth and casting out devils. It takes authority, all right, to cast out devils. It says tread upon. This is a picture of lavish victory. Lavish. I mean, if the opponent is up to the task, you both can go the distance and then you just raise your hand. You tried. And then they, they see both faces. Your own face is swollen. His face is swollen. It's just that you want. That's not what we are talking about here. I'm saying, see the enemy on the floor. Incapacitated. Disconfited. All right, all his competencies, all his bragging out of the way now. He can't talk. He can't talk. And now the cameras are around. And you put your leg on him, glory to God. And you take your picture and you take your, your, your belt. Do you watch those wrestlings? And they're playing your music and you're like, yeah. That's the picture of who you are in Christ. If you want a picture spiritually, the structure of spiritual authority, picture your leg on the enemy. Because he's fallen and he fell because you need a new footmark. Hallelujah. It's for trampling on. That's his destiny. Listen, I'm not just saying this to get you excited. I'm going to show you this theologically. The destiny of Satan is under your feet. That's his destiny in eternity. Under your feet. You see, I want to take you back to the beginning. You know, man had fallen and now it's time for the divine verdict. And God says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. He says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise his head. And you shall bruise his heel. 
This is so important. This is a prophecy of salvation, albeit metaphorical. I've taught you on this before. The theologians call it proto-evangelion. All right. L Latin is Latin. And it just talks about the first presentation of the gospel. This is the presentation of the gospel. First and foremost, it says, between her seed and your seed. Women don't have seed. In natural biological procreation, the man supplies the seed and the baby germinates in the womb. But when it says between her seed and your seed, it was an intimation of the virgin birth. And so this is a prophecy of the Messiah. By that statement, we, the virgin birth was intimated. And look at what he says. He says, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Meaning the seed will be injured, but the injury will be the doom of the serpent. This is the message of salvation. For if he had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Alright, so they thought they were going to end the Messiah. And they killed him and in killing him, alright, they fulfilled the plan of God. And now he's at the right hand of God exalted. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. I don't want to get ahead of myself now. But this was a pic the first picture of salvation in the Bible. And guess the position of Satan there too. Under the feet of Jesus. He says, he shall bruise his head. This is the first picture of, of salvation. Jesus bruising the head of the devil. The first picture. I'm explaining theologically the concept of trampling on the enemy. He shall bruise his head. That's the first picture. And now, centuries after, Jesus has come. He died to our death. He rose again. And Paul is educating the church about who we are and what we have in him. And in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17, I've read this time and again, but there is an important detail you must not miss here. In Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You see, as it pertains to spiritual authority, it, you have to receive revelation. It says, behold, I give you, all right? That you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of his power, us what who believe. Listen, so the same theology of our salvation is the theology of our authority. You have to understand, how do we know that our sins are forgiven? Jesus is glorified. How do we know that we have power over Satan? Jesus is glorified. So the power us what who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Pay attention now. Far above all principality. So we are talking about authority here, not just salvation. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Guess what he said in verse 22? And put all things where? Under his feet. Put all things. So you see the trampling here. By this idea, Paul lets us know that the prophecy in Genesis 3.15 has been fulfilled in Christ. He's under his feet. He had put all things. What are all things? Principalities and powers and might and dominion. Those are the things he just mentioned. So yes, he's talking about Christ's domain. In salvation, but also his authority as far as power is concerned. He says, far above all principalities, so he's exalted. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. 
and is exalted, meaning all things are under his feet. Principalities under his feet. Powers under his feet. Might under his feet. Every name that is named under his feet. It doesn't matter the name of the cult. Under his feet. You have to picture this. It's a revelation to see. See all things under the feet of Christ. The prophecy in Genesis 3.15 has been fulfilled. All things are under his feet. In the authority of Christ, we trample on the enemy. You have to understand this. It was his destiny from Genesis 3.15 and it has been fulfilled in Christ. All things under his feet. And the Bible says, he gave him to be head over all things. To his body. The fullness of him that fills all things. High glory to God. Listen, if you ever see a human being and you see his head and next after his head, you know, you see leg. You know that something is wrong, right? All right. In the normal body structure, head, neck, shoulders, body, and the feet is down. And so if all things are under the feet of Christ and Christ is the head, it means all things are under our feet. You have to understand, his authority has become your authority. You have to see your union in the redemptive work and the blessings thereof. That's why he says he has blessed you with all blessings in spiritual places. He has blessed you. All the blessings accrued in Christ and in the redemption are yours for exploitation. Hallelujah. He fills all things and we are the fullness of him that fills. You have to understand. We become the expression of his authority. The demonstration of his influence. So now, Genesis 3.15, Ephesians 1.17-19, fulfilled in us. We are the expression of his authority. We are the ones to trample on the enemy. Hallelujah. And those expressions, Paul used those expressions for the church. Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. He used it for the church. So it is not an exclusive reserve for Christ. It is for us. We trample the enemy. It's our destiny too. To trample the enemy. To step on the enemy. No wonder. No wonder a lot of wrong things are happening around you and you're wondering, God, why? God, do something. He's not going to do something. You are the one with the feet. You are the feet of Christ. If Christ is going to trample on the enemy today, you're going to make a move. Hallelujah. You're going to have to make a move. You're going to have to use your authority. Because he's the head. He's the source of the influence. But you are the demonstration of the action. You are the one to take the action. He's the source. You are the action. He's the source. You are the movement. If God is going to move today, you're going to have to move. Take authority. Stop asking, why is this happening? Why is this happening in my family? Take authority today, son. Take authority today, daughter. Mommy, daddy, take authority. You say this, this spell has been happening, ravaging my entire generation. It has to stop somewhere. Someone started it. Someone can as well stop it. It can stop this morning. Take authority. <laughs> Trample on the enemy. Why is it that occultists are so lavish? They wear bright colors. You know, 
they enjoy open confrontation. Any small argument, they begin to make threats about some power they have somewhere. But Christians are so timid. So timid. You know, one day I was at the mall. And this guy, clearly an occultist, came in a red vehicle. And on the red, in the red vehicle, there was a big skull. You know, red colored, no, not a skull. You know, the head of a goat. Painted red. Gigantic. And placed on the, on, the, on the car. And he came, everybody was watching. And the young man came down confidently, wearing a red robe with his beards. You know, red turban. And he was walking and everybody was so scared. A security man had to carry, you know, um, um, a nylon, a polythene, and cover the goat so that at least people could, could focus. All right? Why is it that occultic people are so lavish, so audacious, and Christians are so timid, looking for where to hide? And when you are even singing a song like Jesus, Power, Superpower, on, in the ocean, they are telling you to keep quiet. Oh, let's take it easy, oh. You know, maybe uh, some people might listen to this sermon and be like, ah, let's take it easy. All this bragging. I'm going to teach you about bragging in Christ on Wednesday. All this bragging. Let's take it easy. Why is it that Christians play it safe? He says, I give you power to tread upon. It's, that's a picture of lavish victory if you don't know, understand. You ought to be lavish. You are the one with the power. Hallelujah. You see... I can tell you from experience, the ones that are, you know, that wear red and are so loud, they are the small guys. The guys with the true occultic powers, they don't wear all those things. They look very normal. Hallelujah. But there's something about your mind that you need to, you need to renew with the word of God. And I just want to show you this. Oh, glory to God. I told you I'm proving theologically that it's your destiny to trample on the enemy. Look at Psalm 91 verse 13. Psalm 91 verse 13. Satan is under my feet. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 91 verse 13. It says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. Ha, <laughs> ha. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Oh, that's my destiny in God. <laughs> I trample upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent I trample underfoot. It says, I shall. And so that's what I do. I trample on the enemy. <laughs> He's totally incapacitated. Totally rid of all his competencies. Hey, he's the defeated foe. I walk on the enemy. Trample on the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent are trampled underfoot. Glory be to God. Why can we do that? You see, like I told you, not every fight ends with a knockout in wrestling. But it's more lavish, you know, your your dominance all right is more obvious when it ends with a knockout it's more obvious and so if it's asking you to trample on the enemy it's a picture of how much above his competence you are how much above so don't just see yourself more powerful 
See yourself far, 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 far above. In fact, sometimes you need to caution yourself. Don't be a bully. Don't be a bully. Oh, I wish you could see me cast out devils. <laughs> Hallelujah. Gone are the days, you know, you would move tired, you remove no time for all those rubbish. Oh. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I remember uh, this, I told you one story. This is another one. Just to let you know how often this happens. I was in a room with some guys. All right. The funny thing is, I just finished teaching them on authority. How that power flows through our hands and all of that. And one lady, interestingly, she, I think she's a member of our church now. One lady came in, this was on, on my undergraded days, to say hello. As soon as she gave me a handshake, the power of God went through her. And she wanted to remove her hand. This has happened so many times. And people were there. And so she wanted to remove her hand. I held, it happened yesterday too. Held her hand. And she was walking and so I was following her. And, and after she took a few steps, she just fell to the ground. This was in public. And I saw demons leaving her. Listen. Oh, matter Guess what? I didn't say a word. It was just a handshake. I didn't say a word. You know, the Bible says, it didn't say you shall lay hands on the sick and pray. You, you, that's okay. That's also scriptural. But it says you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So even if like Jesus, you were walking on your own and someone touches the hem of your garment. You don't need to be aware. Because something, something, when you are conscious of it and when you are not, something is flowing through you. You are not ordinary. You are not ordinary. You have to understand this. You are not ordinary. So, so he turned and said, who, who touched me? Some, something left me. I felt something. You are much above. Much above. He has called you to a class of life. Far above. He's, he's seated far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and you're seated with him. It's a picture you must have. Far above. The highest occultic grade on the earth, you are far above that. Far above. Far above. Far above. It doesn't matter what you carry. If I enter the room, you must shift. You must shift. You must shift. Thank you, Lord. Let me show this to you. I'm building my theological case. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. As if the sermon is not great already. Colossians 2 15. It says, and having disarmed. This is a picture to have. This is what Christ has done. And having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is a picture to have. Kalabotose. <laughs> it's a different thing. Listen, if two, and you shouldn't fight, but I'm just using this analogy. It's a different thing when two grown men are throwing punches. And it's a totally different thing when one removes the cloth of the other one. Maybe the, the guy was caught stealing. And they remove his cloth. And they parade him around. After beating him, they parade him around the city. This is what Christ did to the devil. He made a public spectacle. He disarmed him first. And made a public spectacle. Triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? All of creation knows that Satan is powerless. They know. Because there has been a parade. 
He has been paraded for the principalities and for, for, for heaven and earth and beneath to know. The name of Jesus is recognized in all three realms. Because Satan has been paraded a defeated foe. You have to understand this. He made the public spectacle. I told you the victory in Christ is lavish. He didn't just beat him silently. No! There was a public spectacle. He triumphed over him with a public spectacle. You have to understand this, you see. This is a metaphor of, you know, in the olden days when two countries go um, to fight a battle, there was no social media to update you. There was no Instagram life to see what is happening. So if you were back at home, you would have to wait to know if your country won. And guess what? After they defeat the other folks, what they will usually do is they will get prisoners of war. Usually they won't kill the king. That, that's too cheap. They will carry the king, put him in chains, and then they will lead them in a train, march them home with a lot of music. And then usually the king, you know, will come on an elephant, just lavish. And they'll be walking slowly. And as they're entering into the city, there'll be trumpets, you know, sound of victory. And everybody will begin to shout. And they will see this king who just days ago was threatening fire and brimstone. They will see him discomfited, in chains and naked, walking. And everybody will say, oh, 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 you know, you threatened to kill our wife and kids. Now look at you. Look at you. And listen, everybody will get the opportunity to throw something at him, even children. This is, this is a devastating warrior with a weapon, but he's disarmed now. And now he's just walking and people are throwing things at him, you know, and calling him names. That's the picture you have of Satan. A public spectacle public spectacle he has been paraded as a defeated foe his defeat is not a secret it's not a secret that's why when you use the name of jesus it will always work because the victory in christ is not a secret he's poured principalities and powers see the train with the eyes of the spirit that victory parade you have to see it with the eyes of the spirit see satan and all his agents disarmed you have to see it. See the devil bound and defeated. Utterly helpless and discomfited. You have to see it. You know, a translation, Muffet's translation says, he dethroned powers that rule the world. The dethroned powers that rule the world. All right. Not he dethroned. He's calling principalities and powers the dethroned powers that rule the world. Question, why do they rule the world if they're dethroned? Because believers are ignorant. Believers are ignorant. Now he only takes advantage of your ignorance to bully. But they are dethroned powers. They are ruling because people don't know any better. They are fallen, but believers won't trample. And so they are dethroned powers, but they are ruling. It's time to trample underfoot. The enemy. So take authority. Take a stand. I'm going to read two texts and then we'll begin to pray. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 31. Thank you dear Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 31. This is so important. The Bible says, 
And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have given you Shehon, and the land before thee begin to possess. <laughs> begin to possess that thou mayest inherit it. He says, Behold, I've given it to you. But you still have to do something about it. Possess it. It's yours already, but you're still going to have to war. So you are fighting from victory. Not just for victory, but from victory. I have given you the land. Possess it. So you see, you have authority, but you have to do something about it. You have to. Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. I like this one. Talks about trampling on the enemy. Pay attention. Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. He says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. <laughs> As I said unto Moses. Every place that the sole of your feet treads upon, I have given unto you. Every place that the sole of your feet treads upon. So guess what? You determine the ex extent of your success and your victory. Every place that the sole of your feet treads upon, I've given unto you. So guess what? You take action and you move. He said, every place the sole of my feet treads upon, I've given unto you. Take action. Take action over your family today. Take action over every attack of the enemy today. He said, every place that the sole of your feet treads upon, he has given to you. What are you going to do? It's time to take action. Hallelujah. Take action. Believe what he has said about you. You know in Ephesians chapter 4, he said he led captivity captive. I like that poetic de description. Captivity is captive. You in chains, the captivity has been captivated. Don't you understand? It's time to take action. You're going to use your authority in this service. Declare who you are. And begin to command every attack of the enemy over your life, over your family to cease. Begin to declare it right now. Declare it right now. Stand up wherever you are in your houses and begin to declare right now. If you are with your family members, feel free to hold your hands and agree. And say, I agree in the name of Jesus concerning this family. Every attack ceases now. We take authority. We are no longer the ones to be put to flight. We put the enemy to flight. Thank you, Lord. I give you a few minutes for that. Every strange sickness ravaging that family. We bring an end to it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to sing an old song and you're going to sing it prophetically. 
I have seen, seen the downfall of Satan. Glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. I have seen, seen the downfall of Satan. Glory be to God. Amen. When I look on my left, I see Satan has fallen. When I look on my right, I see Satan has fallen. And it says, oh, Jesus has conquered. Oh, Jesus has conquered. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.